Hi everyone, this is Dr. Karishma Vijan on the Smile Talks and today well we have another episode we are going to talk about something super interesting, something very relevant for women and uh, yes we're going to talk about PCOS, we're going to about, talk about sexual health, vaginal health and I personally feel that's something that as a girl, you know as a woman all of us should be concerned about and care about so well, I have with me uh, Dr. Ranjana Dhanu today. Uh, we actually work at the same hospital in Mumbai and uh, she is a super, super amazing person. She is an amazing gynecologist and we have a lot of questions that, you know, I'm going to put across to her and we're going to answer them, you know, and discuss about it. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Doc, uh, how's it been with you? Have you been uh, going to the hospital? Oh, yes. And we are oh, at yes. the same hospital. Oh, at yes. the same hospital, but... <laughs> uh, there's, there's no stop to healthcare, but it's just that the pattern has gotten modulated. Uh, consultations yeah. are more uh, online, and uh, we're doing all uh, teleconsultations, and surgeries, of course, happen, so we have to go. Uh, wearing our gear, all yeah. geared up to take care of mankind, humankind, yeah. womankind, whatever it is. <laughs> it's the same with us as well. I was just discussing yesterday on a live that dentists have to do teleconsult, which is so unusual, but we are kind of getting used to the whole thing. But it is something, I think, uh, getting used to the new uh, times and new era. So I think we all I have think, to... I think like, dentists and ophthalmologists... And ENT surgeons are the highest at risk, honestly, and chest physicians. So I, I really, I really feel uh, for my fraternity who's catering in those particular fields. Yes, true. That's very true. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I think uh, the best we can do is talk about what matters during this time. So, which is why you know we love to have you today to chat with us. So I'm quickly going to go pleasure. on. Yeah, <laughs> and always ask been you a, a pleasure. In fact, yes. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> yes, we've had this. I think we started last year and with right Soho. Before, we started yeah, at Soho. Soho, and uh, here we are. So brilliant. I'm going to start with the first question. Uh, so, Doc, you have to tell us what is the one thing that you do that makes you smile during the day? You know, for yourself. Yes. Ah, uh, well, my day starts early, and I hit the promenade early morning. So it's so beautiful, so pristine at uh, about quarter past six, I'm at the waterfront at Bandstand and it's so beautiful. Wow. So that's the first thing that makes me smile. That's not just the reason that's because amazing. the lockdown has really given me quality time with family. I love to cook for the family. So I look into that and that makes me smile as well with my profession as a gynecologist. I never ever got to do that. So I'm happy mm-hmm. doing all these things and spending more time at home. So it's quite a nice balance, in fact, and so many things to make me smile. Wow. So nature and I think uh, doing something for your family that's been keeping you happy. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, you know, considering uh, all of that that's been happening over the past few months, there's definitely stress. There's definitely anxiety amongst people. So this is something that was very, uh, you know, excessively asked to me was what is the relation between stress and gynecological health? Is there, is there a relation, you know, uh, amongst the two? 
course. So stress can cause any problem from head to toe, my darling. In right. fact, uh, yes. So gynecologically, if you consider, it could be menstrual issues. Uh, it could be nutritional issues. Uh, you know that all GI disorders are associated with stress. So if there is bulimia or if there is anorexia, or Absolutely. these days because of financial issues as well, people don't know that there's been such a uh, downside in their professions or whatever. So people really don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to have a change in profession? So that's something that is causing a lot of stress. It can lead to also sexual issues, sexual incompatibility. On the other hand, because people in the lockdown had nothing better to do. To have, I've seen so many patients who are getting pregnant. So there are different right. uh, aspects of stress <laughs> and how you're dealing with it. And it's funny, actually, but you're finding a way out. Right. So, wow, that, that was uh, enlightening. I mean, uh, right from the periods to, uh, I think, getting pregnant, it could be anywhere, you know, a large spectrum, basically. So is there anything, uh, you know, are there any home care tips that you would suggest to women, basically, uh, that, you know, we could take care of ourselves better during this time? You know, uh, I always believe that there should be discipline in anything that you do. So discipline, as far as taking care of your body and mind is concerned, you have to compartmentalize that. The fact remains, you need to put in a couple of hours for your health. So right. you need to you need to exercise. Uh, mm-hmm. When when the lockdown was really intense, I do remember people were not allowed to step out of their houses. And so there's so many women. You remember we used to meet each other at reset, or uh, used to I used to meet mm-hmm. my friends at Yasmin's. So. Sorry, your connection. I can't see you. Something to keep yourself fit. Eating well. Eating smart is extremely important because you need to keep your weight under check. Right. Sorry, I can't hear you. Doc, can you hear me? Okay, there is a network issue. I I cannot uh, see you. So you need to you need to spend your time properly. You can't just be hooked onto your phone. You can't just be doing your WhatsApps or your social media. You need to really um, kind of distribute your time and see to it that you do, do justice to every particular uh, time of the day. Is what I feel. Doc, there is a network issue. I think I, I cannot, know. I'm I know. not able to view your video. I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying. Is this better? okay? Is this better now? Are we uh, good now? Yeah, can you, slightly can you better, see yes. Me? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Great. So you suggested that we should have exercise, diet. We should take care of ourselves and not like let go just because we are at home. Communication verbally and with touch is extremely important with your family members. Just being yeah. around the kids doesn't matter. Giving them a hug, telling them mama cares for you. Mama loves you. We're here for you. Going across to your spouse, hugging him, telling him that, look, I love you. I'm here for you. You know, you can't just take it for granted saying, oh, he's there. I'm here. And so what? Why do I have to be verbal about it? But you have to. You have to communicate. Wow, that's a great tip. So communication and Verbally and with touch. Communication verbally and with touch. Equally important. Right. Wow, that's super helpful. And I hope we can all uh, be a little more stress-free after those. Uh, tips so 
talking about a very common issue that women face which is PCOS uh, do you think uh, there is going to be a rise or you know any kind of a difference with respect to PCOS right now and what are your suggestions on that so karishma each time i do a talk uh, pcos is always included there because it is one of the most commonly associated uh, uh, condition with women today and we seeing one in four girls suffering from pco okay i always tell everybody pco is there to stay it's never there to go so anybody who kind of convinces you that oh i'm going to try homeopathy or ayurveda or some other form of alternate medicine or just say your exercise in order to make you lose weight and your pco disappear well pco is not there to go it's there to stay maybe on ultrasound you may not be able to see the pco but you got to understand that you got to live with pco now how does a patient with pco present so there's a variation in presentation of pco like the season or climatic changes from the sudan to the sahara you understand okay. there could be yeah. there could be a girl at 13 who could be brought by her mother saying she has uh, irregular periods wherein she does not bleed for 3 months and then when she starts to bleed she bleeds excessively for 3 weeks this is called puberty menorrhagia okay or she could be brought at the age of 16 with severe acne oily skin hirsutism along with this is stress yeah. why because uh, she wants she she's uh, under peer pressure she knows that she's kind of becoming uh, you know uh, visibly an inattractive and she doesn't like that associated with pco is always hypothyroidism and prolactin and both these cause uh, water retention and weight gain and the more the weight the more severe the pco right so one has to understand that once identified as a pco you have to check on the prolactin level the thyroid levels get them corrected and prolactin is such an issue where you can't just take a transient uh, treatment for about 6 weeks and then stop and then you're going to go into rebound hyperprolactinemia so you need to go on a maintenance dosage along mm-hmm. with pco is exercise on a regular basis because the more the weight the more severe the pco i said so lifestyle modulation diet regulation so cycle regulation happens with tablets in order to see that she menstruates regularly every 28 days there could be a girl then coming to you at the age of 25 or 26 with fertility issues not all pcos have infertility issues so it's only the very obese okay. it's only the very hirsute who could have severe pco unless they are associated with other tubal factors for infertility after childbearing pco doesn't stop playing its havoc because after childbearing women especially in india think that they need to eat a lot of feed them ghee and panjeeri and laddus and that's what makes them obese i always counsel all my right. couples and say look the concept of ghee and panjeeri and laddus for women was for women in the past were catering to a family of 40 having eight children trailing behind them malnourished and that's when the mother used to come her mother used to come to her with nutrition packed laddus which was her source of nutrition but here with everything on the house when you take all this and you put on a lot of nitly is when your pco tends to worsen and there you could have endometrial polyps heavy bleeding menorrhagia and issues coming up with heavy bleeding there at post menopause also because of the obesity women tend to develop hypertension and diabetes with pco and uterine lining thickening and if it's not taken care of there's a triad called hod hypertension obesity and diabetes which can lead to endometrial carcinoma so just last week in fact i operated on a patient 137 kilos old mm-hmm. case of pco at 
uh, 56 years of age with postmenopausal bleeding who turned out to be an endometrial carcinoma but we did her laparoscopically so what i'm trying to tell you is once a pco you got to be monitoring your uterine lining every year after the 35th year to see that you're not having a thickening of the uterine lining should you be having excessive bleeding you need to look into it even then the postmenopause if you have abnormal bleeding you need to look into that got it so wow that was super informative and uh, so it's i think uh, people don't realize that pcos is something that needs to be monitored life long that's very amazing wow and uh, which is why i think what you said was use a combination of diet exercise and the right kind of treatment with the gynac basically and the all prolactin levels that you said and the tablets so great i think it's uh, so what you mean is it's a holistic coming to the uh, cosmetic yeah coming to the cosmetic aspects of pco understand that unless you endogenously block your uh, male hormone uh, you know in pco there is a clumping of male hormone in the ovaries and right. that is why girls manifest with acne and hirsutism which is excessive hair growth so unless you take tablets in order to cup the ovaries to prevent the excessive male hormone any amount of treatments that you do on the upper lip or on the chin or your side uh, burns or whatever is not really going to help so you need to be working in synergy with a cosmetologist and a gynecologist and an endocrinologist in order to see that you're taking your pco the right way absolutely <clears throat> great so uh, basically the hormone levels need to be in you know correct otherwise no matter what you do externally it's of no use wow that was amazing and uh, great so i think pcos is something that's uh, very very common and uh, needs to be really addressed uh, no it's uh, is there a certain age group or like can you develop pcos later in life as well doc is that no, something you, that's possible you are genetically decided to be a pco so understand okay. when we were little and we saw a grandmother growing a little bit of hair on the chin in the post menopause we said oh i don't know why but now she's growing a beard or when you mm-hmm. used to see your aunts having a little bit of facial hair and acne you used to, you used to say oh the tendency is more towards her bua because her buas are hairy what was that right, that was pc right right the poor okay. buas were blamed and not the masses <laughs> but the fact remains that was pco and now right. with better nutritional standards with more of obesity more of a sedentary lifestyle that's why i said even at home when you are at home when you are in quarantine see to it that you work out there's a lot you can do at home you can do surya namaskars you can do pilates you can do uh, zumba there's so much available on the net it just re- requires that inclination to spend that one and a half right. hours at work and and exercise as work much as, as i'm missing the workouts <laughs> i know yes you're right uh, there's so much available on uh, youtube or even uh, you know apps that we could definitely at least work on ourselves and not get sedentary i always That's say as far as exercise is concerned parishma if you have the inclination you have the time you have no inclination you don't have the time <laughs> i try and motivate myself daily which is not easy but i think it's about also making it a habit well um, i can see so... that you're looking you're looking gorgeous <laughs> You seem to have shed off a few kilos. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's. I was dying to hear that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a constant. I, I think the, the moment you. I can you... see the facial contours more chiseled, so I'm I'm proud of you. Keep it up. Whatever you're doing is great. <laughs> 
I think it's ghar ka khana honestly because I've not had any junk. I've not had sushis. I think you know before this it was like pre quarantine it was like oh my god and I can't live without it. It's the right them. amount of sleep. Believe me, it's the right amount of sleep as well. So in fact, right. in fact, uh, the benefits of COVID are we've made ourselves immunologically better because we're sleeping well, we're eating well, and we're doing yeah. our home remedies to combat all whatever is possible to keep ourselves healthy. So in a way. it's kind of helped us wow that's a silver lining uh, yes i i have to... seen all the dark circles disappear believe me when i see all my patients on my video consultations there's no dark circles anymore absolutely i think our skins have gone a little better yeah, and yeah. definitely so some positive coming out of this 100% wow that was amazing doc uh, really informative and uh, so next i'm going to right jump into uh, talking since we were talking about PCOS we are going to talk about egg freezing that's again something that's uh, really commonly you know people are really interested in knowing about it and but do you how you know how viable is it do you think it's like we don't know we hear things like 50% eggs can be used 50% can't be used do you think it's a full proof uh, you know way of like actually giving birth you know See, Karishma, understand that the patterns in life are changing. Women cannot. There are so many girls who are at thirty-four or thirty-three, and you've not yet found the right partner. Yeah, you get the point. And they would definitely want to have their own babies. A man at ninety-eight can reproduce the world healthily. <laughs> that too. But a woman uh, after the age of thirty or thirty-two starts to have a reduction in her fertility, and after the age of thirty-five starts to have chromosomal defects. so if she can freeze her eggs it would be always better now women even earlier than 30 who've had endometriosis ovarian cysts multiple ovarian surgeries are the ones who can have a drop in their count and the way we calculate it is by the amh anti mullerian hormone but ideally we advise all women after 32 if they can and if they're not too sure about their matrimony about their baby planning to visit an infertility specialist to speak to them and then definitely use the option to store their eggs definitely okay okay but each individual case is different because there could be a nascent ovary there could be an ovary which has undergone torsion and some surgeries and like i said endometriosis or other associated adenomyosis there are so many conditions and that's what really affects the quality of the eggs mm-hmm. So each right. one successfully so, uh, could be definitely something, but I would advise it for okay. sure. Right. Um, so yes, something that we can do uh, definitely opt for, and uh, I think uh, the success rate is something that differs, is what you would suggest, and uh, from person to person. See, because uh, but IVF and egg storage is not just about the quality of eggs. it depends on the woman's physiology whether she has any other associated hormonal issues whether there's an endogen problem in the uterus whether there's any scarring of the uterus was there any tuberculosis were there any previous dnc's done there's so many issues so you cannot just say that depending on the eggs and the age of the woman her fertility is uh, uh, kind of equally proportional to whatever she she sees on the number of eggs no the implantation rate is what matters Okay. And after implantation, wow. the take-home rate matters. Superb. So this is something that you would definitely recommend, or at least we give, you know, a, a girl could give it a shot for sure. Yes. And yes. 
why not every every woman that, has uh, a right to carry forward her genes so give her that opportunity true and that would be some an infertility specialist who would be basically yes. catering so there are family. there are infertility labs most infertility labs in mumbai and all over the country have the facility of egg freezing and i think that it's worthwhile taking a shot there absolutely great good to hear that <laughs> and i'm sure a lot of women are happy to hear that as well uh, so someone has just asked till what age can women get pregnant okay from the time that she starts to menstruate her fertility levels begin and till the menopause she can get preg- pregnant but the period of maximum after which fertility starts to drop so i have had women who have been at, at 44 or 45 years thinking oh now they're menopausal and have come back to me after 3 months with a baby bobbing a 14 weeks baby bobbing in the tummy you get the point so you can't yeah. just yeah. you can like like the badai ho kind of scene you know which you, you saw the movie you do have one of these accidental cases so you got to be careful so long as you're ovulating right. so long as you're menstruating there is a chance of getting pregnant so you have to use a certain form of contraception but the chances of fertility could lower after the age of 35 more so after 40 okay. and understand that any pregnancy after 35 or 40 needs to be monitored for genetic issues because the chances of down syndrome and chromosomal defects are extremely high and it's extremely traumatic for a woman to know after the age of uh, a gestational age of 20 weeks or later to find out that the baby is affected or more so even at birth to find out if the baby is affected with down syndrome so we have a lot of tests available we have the nipt which is a non invasive blood test which can be done at 12 weeks a woman wow. who's had a family history of down syndrome can undergo uh, a genetic evaluation and a chorion willis sampling wherein we take out just about 15 micrograms of wet tissue weight from around the baby and we subjected to chromosomal analysis and we get that report of fish which is fluorescent in situ hybridization big terms nothing much just to understand that the baby is chromosomally normal so there are a no, lot of tests amazing. available now to know that the baby is all fine in utero till the age of 12 12 or 15 weeks of pregnancy wow that was very insightful and glad to know that there are such tests that are available that a woman can actually make a choice of you know by her in fact test. every every woman who's pregnant with us undergoes all these tests because we could see an index case uh, who's a 22 or a 24 year old but even she could have an abnormality and a, a sudden uh, incidence of down syndrome so we in fact screen all patients and there's a certain standard protocol that is followed for all patients who get pregnant to rule out any sort of wow that's brilliant yes and uh, it's also very i think uh, satisfying to know that okay all this care is being taken for a woman who wants yes. to get pregnant or yes. is planning to get yes. uh, pregnant and let so, me tell you even during the quarantine we are following up patients with their sonography reports with their dual markers or quadruple markers or whatever nipt tests that are required even there are anomaly scans are being planned there are certain standalone clinics which are only doing sonographies for pregnant patients because of the fear of contracting covid in large hospitals so we do have certain clinics which are dedicated for pregnant mothers and we are handling that work beautifully well but we are not missing any milestones we are not taking any risks for pregnant women we also reassure them that there's no vertical transmission to the fetus so you got to be 
positive about the whole thing. We've delivered quite a few patients uh, from March up to now. We have a lot of patients who've gotten pregnant, like I said, from March up to now, and are doing wonderfully well. Wow! They just need That's that reassurance uh, and a fortnightly uh, checkup. You know, a touch uh, on on video consultation to just review their reports and stuff. Great. So there's absolute care that's been taken uh, once the patient gets pregnant. I think that's Obviously. something that's very reassuring. And uh, so any foods actually that you would recommend, uh, you know, that a woman from 30 to 35 should have any kind of foods that could have any hormonal effect, you know, to sort of have their eggs in the right, uh, you know, prime or uh, like shape or, you know, quality, anything. Sort a of healthy body, a healthy mind is healthy eggs. Of course, without any disease pertaining to the ovaries or uterus. So avoid obesity, avoid binging, avoid smoking. Substance is a definite no-no. Alcohol is a definite no-no. So whenever there are women who are indulging in alcohol and substance and smoking, we do tell them not to go in for any sort of fertility treatments till they have cleansed their bodies. Eating smart, I think 30% of your food needs to be raw. You have to see what type of a fasting pattern matters to you. There are some people who are indulging in intermittent fasting, but I feel once you get pregnant, um, intermittent fasting is a definite no-no for immediate weight yeah, loss. Okay. You can try that. Maybe healthy, but definitely to be done under supervision. Uh, of course, nuts. Healthier organic foods are so much better. Fresher foods are so much better. Processed foods I really don't recommend. So um, I think you just stay close to nature and you're good. So healthy mind, body, and uh, definitely a diet. Stay a little away yes. from intermittent more fasting. More of greens. You're planning to get more of greens, less bakery, and of course portion <laughs> control. <laughs> portion control. Yeah. Like I remember yeah. in the beginning of the lockdown, wow. there was no there was no baking material available. Right from food hall to nature's basket to wherever you go to. Food hall and ask for a Betty Crocker cake mix, not available. You ask for a vanilla essence, not available. Because the world was baking suddenly. But now I think it's come down to a, a normal. But there was a sudden spike. But of course, uh, that was an initial enth yeah, enthusiasm, which everybody wanted to hit the kitchen as a form of distraction. But what I want to say and emphasize is there's a lot of healthy stuff that also uh, can be done and should be practiced as far as food is concerned. True. So definitely uh, an overall healthy mind body uh, denotes that your eggs could be healthier. So actually uh, in pertaining to this, someone has asked, is uh, chia seed, are chia seed and flax seeds good to maintain hormonal balances? Any, yes, why not? Anything? Why not? Uh, like antioxidants, they work well. Plus chia seeds help as a diuretic. And chia seeds also curb your hunger. So if you take it two hours prior, with, a, with oh. either a nimbupani or just plain water. I think it's fantastic because that kind of swells up in your tummy, reduces your hunger pangs, uh, avoids binging. So definitely both chia and flax are good. Uh, nuts are good uh, in proportion. So maybe a couple of walnuts a day or four almonds in the morning are good. Maybe a date or two once or twice in the week or maybe a dry fig once or twice in the week. Prunes are heavy, but maybe if you like it, you can use it as a dessert maybe on a weekend or so. So I definitely believe in all sorts of natural foods. So all nuts, better. Uh, chia seed, definitely, because they swell up and... Uh, they I know, I, I'm, not, I'm not uh, very, uh, I'm not too fond of uh, 
uh, fruits that are dehydrated and coated with sugar though so you see these uh, sweetened berries and stuff is something that you should be avoiding don't just they get taken in saying oh they are berries look at the amount of sugar that is coated on them so you got to be careful then right so that's like artificial sugar coated on a dried fruit which is not really healthy great so we have a lot of questions on the live actually so i'm just going to wrap up uh, with my last question which is uh, considering being a dentist i have to ask you one oral care habit that you swear by you know something that uh, you swear by like daily the first thing routinely. is to visit your dentist because you don't know what is happening there <laughs> what you see is your incisors and your canines and maybe your molars when you're brushing but you really don't know what's happening there so i think a visit to your dentist quarterly is what matters for any reason if you have halitosis which is bad breath or for some reason you have a a, a tooth which is hurting on taking something sweet so if there's sensitivity you need to go there uh, if you definitely see caries of course you need to rush there so all these are uh, indications to go see the dentist true very on point doc and when uh, and whenever you have a me. gorgeous looking dentist then you need some reason <laughs> to just go my <laughs> god i'm like uh, red and blushing <laughs> but that's so true doc because everyone will only come when they have pain and which is like when it's really too late so that's very very i think uh, amazing tip that you've given uh that uh, try and visit uh you know quarterly because we can actually then monitor what's happening correct so please of course if you have if you have uh, any issues of course you are the, the one question. who would be the best one to say that you need an opg and you really need to see what's happening there with the uh with the dentition yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just easier to uh, monitor and plus uh, i think it's we can't really eat anything if you're not chewing properly so i think uh, that's because brushing that brushing really realize, brushing twice or thrice a day is extremely important yeah. flossing is good of course why should i as a gynecologist i think you should be talking more about that than me uh, <laughs> <laughs> so flossing is a good habit i just habit. wanted to know one tooth thing picks that is bad and... yeah tooth picks yeah. bad yeah absolutely you said and, there was uh, some but uh, really on point uh, some sorry can you hear me yes i can yes so i'm just going to go through the questions uh so uh yes someone has asked uh, for pcod is it safe to take cyphene s i p h e n e any idea so cyphene okay cyphene is a drug which is clomiphene citrate and it is just an ovulation inducing mm-hmm. drug uh because in pcod there's a problem with an ovulation but the eggs don't release but only cyphene doesn't help so you need other drugs which is uh, metformin in pcod which is an anti diabetic drug this was a breakthrough in the year 2000 where they thought that by giving anti diabetic drugs to curb the hyperinsulinemia in pco taking an oral form of metformin or an anti diabetic drug would definitely curb the pco so we are routinely giving metformin now to women uh, which is safe then associated with that uh, is also prolactin issues so you need to take cabagolin as well and preconception vitamins because you're looking at cyphene as an ovulation inducing the health of your eggs so that goes as a combination Super. therapy 
Wow, you have amazingly answered her question. I'm sure that was super helpful. Another question is physical changes in the body uh, when menopause happens. So, is there a way to know any physical changes one can look for? Yeah. So, estrogens influence everything from the head to uh, toe. Uh, in the brain, uh, it causes an imbalance between the endorphins and encephalins, the feel good and the feel bad factors. So endorphins tend to boost your moods. Endorphins make, tend to make you low. So when your estrogen starts to reduce, you start to have a low feeling, lowered self-esteem, emotional bouts, mood swings, irritability, suspicious nature. Then you start to have hot flashes because of your sweat. So that's another thing that happens. Loss of libido, lack of libido, lack of sexual desire. maldistribution of fat in the body so the breast start to flatten there is more centripetal obesity fat gain more of core exacerbation of prolapse because of lack of collagen and elastin so a woman vaginal births down now there could be stress incontinence which is exaggerated which is coughing sneezing and laughing leading to leakage of urine which gets worsened there could be a dry vagina there could be lack of uh, uh, satiety as far as indulging in the sexual act um, there could also be recurrent urinary tract infections due to dryness because of estrogen deficiency in the urinary tract so these are all early signs of estrogen deficiency in the process and cardiac effects now understand that about a bone there wow. are two things karishma one is the joint and one is the bone mass so the joint can get replaced by the number of whatever implants that are available but if the bone mass per se gets affected so there's no way you can replace the bone mass unless you take your bone strengtheners otherwise whatever rod you put in if the bone around it collapses there's nothing that one can do it becomes like coral so the who recommends all women after 35 to start um building their bone by taking a calcium supplement from the age of 35 up to the menopause 500 mg tablet any tablet that you like calcium and after 63 years three tablets of calcium regularly and of course if you hit a premature menopause or if you have not taken a calcium regularly then you need to get a bone density test done which is a simple test not requiring any fasting you just need to lie down on a bed they move a scanner on your body there's no fasting no pain no injections no full bladder required and within 15 minutes you get to know your bone mass there are a lot of gimmicks that people have with these uh, ultrasound machines where you put your heel and they check the heel density and say oh this is what uh, we which is your foot density could be good but the next day so you need to do the gold standard is a whole body dexa that needs to be done for all menopausal women and ideally should be done once in 2 years in order to follow the bone health because and one in eight women out of uh, uh, after the age of 65 can suffer severe osteoporosis like, okay so basically the age is 30 by alzheimers because of our diet we have a lot of healthy and hingy na food which is good so compared to the west our incidence of alzheimers is not so much you got it size for women in the post menopause right. 
So depending on each one's fitness, you decide what to do as anti-gravity exercises and accordingly tailor exercises for them. There's aqua Super, therapy. So, uh... There's so many other exercises. We have, uh, that was super insightful. So a lot of symptoms that, uh, you know, together, you know, uh, lead to menopause or actually show that, uh, you know, we are able to diagnose that someone has menopause through their mood swings, as you said, through their weight and also certain changes in the body, which is, which could be your uterus, your uh, bones as well, right? And, and after the age of 35, calcium is a must noted that was extremely insightful uh, another question is are birth control pills used as treatment for endometriosis cyst and hormonal imbalances yes so uh, the way in which uh, uh, a contraceptive pill or a combination pill acts is it kind of thins out the uterine lining now what is endometriosis endometriosis is presence of uterine lining glands outside the uterine lining. So it could be on the surface of ovaries, it could be on the surface of the uterus posteriorly or the surface of the tubes. So if you're using a pill, naturally it's going to thin out the, the, the cells that are outside the uterus as well. And definitely the combination pill is used for endometriosis as well. And we have the fourth generation pills which are extremely good and they do a lot of benefit in uh, women with endometriosis. So definitely a yes. Superb. So another question is for me, are headaches related to oral problems? Actually, yes. This is something I just spoke about three days back. And, um, you know, when your bite is not appropriate, when, uh, you know, you have something called as bruxism, which is, uh, you know, you're chewing your teeth in the day, you know, you're constantly grinding your teeth in the day or the night, uh, that could lead to headache. It's usually related to the TM joint. Uh, which is the temporomandibular joint, which is right near our ears, which is why the pain gets referred to the head. So yes, that's very much possible. So please contact your dentist, uh, you know, or just DM us and we can help you with it. So another question is, what kind of lab tests can we do in case of PCOS? Other than sonography? So there's a, whole, there's a whole PCOS profile, like I said, because once you need to go on treatment, you need to be on treatment at least for a year or two or more till you get yourself to the physiologic weight uh, levels. So when you're taking a pill, obviously it's going to be metabolized by the liver and kidneys. So first a baseline ultrasound to see that there is no gallstone or there's no kidney disease. Then a liver and kidney function test. Then pertaining to the ovaries, we do her hormonal levels, her prolactin, her thyroid, and her baseline CBC and sugars. Why sugars? Because I said we put her on an anti-diabetic drug as well. So right. just all these tests done together as a PCO profile and that too annually. You can't say I did it three years ago and now can I just wait and do it after a couple of years? No, there's an annual pill evaluation or an annual PCO evaluation that has to happen because our body undergoes physiologic changes every six months. Great. Uh, so I think that's it. And... Uh, um... Yeah. So I guys, I think any other questions, please, uh, you can be feel free to DM us and we'll definitely try and answer them. And Doc, thank you so much. Uh, it was super amazing having pleasure with you. And so pleasure, uh, pleasure, my dear. And uh, super fun, you know, getting to know about all these uh, different gynecological issues and also my life.
you know to stay sane and stay happy during these times especially so so my I, message to all the viewers is to stay healthy to make the most of whatever situation you are in look at the optimistic and then try and make the most of it be healthy stay healthy true. right true spread happiness so uh, whatever we are going through we all are in it together <laughs> yes no i think like never before like not just india but like anywhere in you know uh, yeah but they always the say world, Karishma, like that your attitude they say that your attitude decides your altitude so it is for us to decide yeah. what way we pave what what way we pave ourselves through or where we are taking ourselves we can't just be blaming the government or blaming whoever just introspect see what is it that i'm doing and uh, mm. you really driving people busy so stay positive stay healthy seek help very important so if need be seek yeah communicate right okay so actually last question uh, uh, again which is like uh, someone has asked i suffer with a lot of headaches during periods so we are going to quickly take this one any suggestions yeah. that you would have so this is typically associated with hyperprolactinemia because it's get corrective medication for prolactin and you'd be fine so typically Yes, you need to check on your prolactin levels, correct them, and you'll be fine. And you can just take a plain and simple Dolo or a paracetamol. Do you do know that in the COVID situation, brufen is best avoided? So please stick only yeah. to a baseline paracetamol tablet, and that really works well. But with an antacid, don't just take a paracetamol without an antacid. You'll end up with acidity. Great. I hope that really helped them. Ah, uh, that was a very on point. Uh... suggestions austin doc so uh, it was amazing uh, being with you and uh, pleasure pleasure my dear i hope we chat soon in person definitely <laughs> <laughs> yes yes why not but till that. then i'm just available for everybody i wish them well i wish them good health our viewers have uh, said thank you us for its time sorry awesome so we are all going to try and follow that and thank Sorry. you everyone for listening to us and uh, i hope we could uh, help you in whatever way we could and uh, thank you again doc uh, really uh, and see you soon pleasure all okay, the best to you yes yes and so all the you. best to you love you baby take care i always thank admire you, you for all That's so kind of you. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Bye. -bye.